Hey, this is Jessica, your web church host. Welcome to Calvary FL Online. We're so blessed to have you join us today, along with viewers from all over the world. We consider you family and count it an honor that you feel blessed by this ministry. If you'd like to share what God is doing in your life, please email us at stories at calvaryfl.com. Also, if you would like to give or be a part of what God is doing at Calvary, you can do so by logging on to calvaryfl.com or by giving through our Calvary FL app. Thank you for joining us for today's worship experience. guys. Oh, man. We were in a time of a shift at Calvary Christian Center. I'm shifting. I don't know about you, but I'm shifting. Can you tell? I hope you can tell because I, I want to shift in a way that people can tell. I want God to do something so incredible in me, change me so much that they can tell. Hallelujah. This world needs to tell. They need to see it in us. Amen. You know, often in scripture, they mark moments by saying in the year of. In the year of 2018, God spoke to Calvary Christian Center by a dream and shifted his church into revival. 
I do believe we will say that in 2025 if we're still here, if Jesus hasn't come back in the year of 2018. In the seventh month of the year of 2018, God spoke to Calvary Christian Center through a dream by the pastor and shifted his church into a glorious, miracle-releasing, soul-saving, demon-busting revival that changed all the people. It transformed the entire church, and it changed a whole city, and it exploded throughout the nation, the wonders of the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. <sighs> Man, it's hard to even preach right now. I'm just telling you, I feel it in here. But uh, I'm going to start by telling you this. We live, you know, God gave Pastor and I this house uh, a while back, 2010, and when the market had crashed, and thankful, uh, we live right down there on the river. And so we always would do a walk for exercise. We would do some cardio by walking that bridge got any bridge walkers in here I know I see some of y'all out there uh, but so I would walk that bridge and I would walk it I would power walk it but I didn't run because a few years ago I thought I can't run I, that's what I told myself I can't run because I'd try to run and my side would hurt or I would get winded and I would get tired and so I just said I can't run I can walk but I can't run and so I had told myself that well so it came to this one day, I was coming back over the bridge, and when I get onto uh, Ormond City side, I'm a half mile to our house. Well, in that moment, I got to the edge of the bridge, and it started to rain. But not one of our cute Florida rains, you know, our little sun showers that, you know, it just feels a little good if you're sweaty, you know, thank the Lord for those little drops. No, it wasn't that rain. It was like one of them rains we've been getting lately <laughs> that the whole sky opens up and if you're out there, just forget it. You know, you're drenched from head to toe. So I get to the edge of the bridge and it starts to rain. And I knew I was in trouble. And my mind says to me, you better go, you better go, you better go. The rain is here. You better get up and go. You better run. And let me tell you what, I ran from that point all the way to my house. I didn't jog. I didn't power walk. <laughs> I ran wide open for that whole half a mile into my doorstep. And I did it. Come on. I did it because the rain was here. And I'm here to declare in this place today, the rain is here. And I'm not talking about a natural rain, but I am talking about what Joel prophesied is here. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. We are experiencing it. We are living it. God has positioned us. He has actually chosen you and me to be alive in this day. How incredible is that? That he appointed us for this time.
time. This is the time of rain. There is a city to reach and a world to win. So I'm saying you better go. You better go. You better go. Woo! Hallelujah. In this shift, I, I know it to be true. God's plan for building his church has never been contained in a building, a program, or a protocol, just like God showed pastor in that dream. His will has always been accomplished in a people moving at his word and filled with his spirit. Hallelujah. So I want you to turn in your Bibles with me if you have Judges chapter 6 or pull up your notes on the app or you can see it on the screen. And I'm going to read this and we're going to see what the Lord lets me say. Because you know what? I write a lot of stuff and he doesn't let me say it all. So we're going to see what he says to us in this service. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 17 says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. In verse 13, Gideon asked, where are all his wonders? And the Lord turned to him and said, go. In other words, the wonders are in you. Miracles for this generation are in your go. What you've been waiting to see, what I've been waiting to see, it's waiting on us to go. It's waiting on you to step out. It's waiting on you to carry it out. It's waiting on you to take it. You better go. You better go. You better go. So I have a title that I am labeling this message today, and I want you to tell your neighbor what it is. Are you ready? Okay, turn to your neighbor on your right and say, neighbor, I am a revival vessel. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I am a revival vessel. Ooh, the wonders are in you. Hallelujah. The power is in you. We are carriers of revival. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Lift your hands up and let's just ask the Lord to come. Father, we thank you for this time. I pray for fresh anointing to fall upon us all. Because Lord, we stand in this time and we're asking for you to shift us. Even if it makes us uncomfortable, even if we have to let go of some things, even if we have to change some things, get rid of some things, get a different mindset, 
be changed, Lord. We want what you want. We want our lives, our desires, lining up according with yours and where we are missing it, Lord, shift us. God, we're, we're asking for the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Open our ears to hear. Let this deposit of your word go deep within our hearts, God. And let us leave this place different than when we came in. In Jesus' name, I pray, I earnestly pray over myself and everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn to somebody and tell them I am a revival vessel as you're seated. I am a revival vessel. What God is doing in this house is going out of this house in Jesus' name. So I want to look at this text and just kind of walk through it. At the time of this encounter of this story that I've just read, the Israelites were under Midianites' dominion. They had turned away from God, and because of it, they had fallen into just a life of strife and poverty and fear and bondage. You can look back over this whole chapter when you get home and read it, but the Midianites had destroyed everything and left them with nothing. They had planted their crops and they had come behind them and ruined them. They did not even spare their sheep, their cattle, or their donkeys. They took it all. The Bible said that they came against them like swarms of locusts, sparing nothing. And for safety and protection, the Israelites built themselves dens in the mountains, caves and strongholds to hide in, to stay protected. And as I look at this and I think about how the enemy had come against them, I am reminded so clearly of our enemy, for Satan is a devourer. He is a devourer. His desire is to come in and ruin. His, his desire is to come in and steal. The Bible said he steals, kills, and destroys. That's what he is after. He is bent on destroying families. I mean, like I have never seen before, Satan is coming in and he is trying to take families. He's pitting family members against each other, saved and unsaved, church or unchurched. He is working overtime. He is bent on destroying homes and families and lives. It's the same thing he did from the very beginning with the first family of creation. And he has continued. That is his goal is to ruin and to take the lives of people. And listen to me very closely. He's not overlooking you. He's not overlooking your family. He's not overlooking my family. And so for today in which we live, we must be a people that don't follow the path of the Israelites in that day and go into hiding and crawl up under mountains in fear. This is no day for casual Christianity. Come on. But this is time for the church to step into this new place that God is calling us to and understand who we are and realize that the enemy cannot win when the church of the living God filled with the spirit and the power of God will rise up and stand against him. You see, Jesus responded about the devil in the word of God when he referred to him as saying he was a murderer from the beginning. 
He has always been about that. And so at this time, the children of Israel did what they should have done, what they always did, didn't they? When times got hard, when things got tough, they cried out to the Lord. They forgot him, and then they cried back out to him. And so here they are at this time. The Bible says they cried out to the Lord, and God came on the scene. In verse 8 through 10, it says, The Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drove them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, he said, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And I can stand here as somebody who lived in the bondage of fear for many years. I lived under a very stronghold of fear, actually a generational stronghold of fear for many years. I can stand here and tell you that walking in disobedience to that word and allowing that sin of fear in your life will only lead you and keep you in bondage. Because sin only leads to bondage, which eventually leads to death. And I can stand here as a living witness and tell you that as long as you allow that in your life, that, that walking in fear, the Bible calls it sin. I had to repent of it. God, I repent. I confess my sin of fear and not trusting you. As long as we stay there, it will only be the robber and the stealer and the death to our purpose, our dreams, our destiny, everything we've been created to do. Because see, you were born on this planet with a purpose. God's the one who formed you and put plans and purposes inside of you. It don't matter what home you were born into. It doesn't matter how you were brought up, what your family was like. He's the one that designed your purpose and that is discounted when it comes to what God has called you to do. But when we walk in fear, it leads us to bondage. But can I just say this? We sing the song, I give him glory. I give him praise because the enemy did not triumph in my life. <laughs> Has God delivered anybody out of any sin or any problem or any situation? And you can rejoice today and say, I give him glory and I give him praise because the enemy did not triumph. And here we are, it had been seven years of fear, seven years of poverty, seven years of oppression, but everything shifted when they cried out to the Lord. Prayer turned their poverty. Prayer freed them from their dark dwellings. Prayer broke the enemy's dominion in their life. The destruction of the enemy turned around when they cried out to the Lord. We got we to gotta get this, y'all. We got to get it. Prayer was the shift. God is saying, I'm shifting my church. Well, prayer is your shift. Prayer brought the answer because prayer got God on the scene. Somebody say, prayer got God on the scene. 
prayer got God on the scene, it got God talking to them. Prayer got the word of deliverance to them. And hear me, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the God who truly means, if you will seek after me, you will find me. Do I have any witnesses in the house today that you can say, I have sought him and I have found him? Oh, he's not a God that is hiding away from you. He's not up there saying, let me see how far I can be from them. I don't want them to find me. No, he wants us to find him. He wants to be close to us. But he has said, you must seek after me if you're going to find me. And I am telling you, today no matter how far you feel from him no matter how numb you have become to the things of God no matter how far away you feel from him or from feeling his presence no matter how long it has been since you have felt his presence I am telling you if you will begin to seek after him in that place you will find him he is real he is real and I don't care if it's been a long time I don't care if you have just felt like man I just cannot feel God I just am so far away I'm just blocked from him no 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 if you will begin to seek after him you will find him oh He's so good. You will find him. When you call out to him, he will come. Prayer gets him on the scene. It was through prayer that Jonah was delivered from the belly of a fish. It was through prayer that Peter was delivered and released from a prison cell. A man full of leprosy in the Bible fell on his face before Jesus and prayed, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And the leprosy left him. There is nothing that can turn a desperate situation like prayer. We don't have a greater weapon at our disposal to see a shift in our lives, a shift in this church, in this city or in this nation than prayer. It is the greatest weapon. If you've laid it down, pick it up again. Mom, if you've laid it down, pick it up again. Dad, if you've laid it down, pick it up again. Worship leader, if you've laid it down, pick it up again. Pastor, if you've laid it down, pick it up again. Oh, there may be somebody watching live stream in the ministry and things haven't been going just like what you want to see. If you've laid down your weapon of prayer, pick it up again and God will come on the scene. God will meet you right there in that place. For you see, God has not committed himself to anything as much as to prayer. Prayer must be our portion. It must be our passion. Oh, prayer must be our practice. And let's get bold when we go before the throne of grace, having confidence that he can do what he says he can do, what he is able, that he has promised, and that he can even do exceeding abundantly above what we can even ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, his divine will 
is released through prayer. You want to know God's will? Pray for the God of all creation who reigns supremely over everything in this world and who inhabits all eternity, who is extraordinarily unlimited and immutable, has made prayer in force and power identical with himself. It's hard for us to even comprehend that all he is is released through prayer. It's how he has set it up. It's how he has ordained it. The force of God is dependent on nothing as much as prayer. I beg you to pray for your family. I beg you to pray for your school. I beg you to pray for that coworker. I beg you to pray for this city. I beg you to pray for this nation. I beg you to pray for our leaders. I beg you to pray for revival like there is no tomorrow because the devil is working like there is no tomorrow and we may not have even too many tomorrows left in fact we're not even promised tomorrow according to the Word of God you see through prayer God changes man's decisions he can turn it around through prayer through prayer he bends or unbends men's will God can do it your prayer can bring that daughter back your prayer can tear down the strongholds over that son's life. Your prayer can shift the atmosphere of your home like you've never seen before. Your prayers can unlock wisdom, give direction, provide the answers that you are desperately in need of. Students, this year, it's a new school year. Your prayers can release revival over your school. Hallelujah. You can see your friends saved, lives shifted. Hallelujah. You see what the Israelites did was the most powerful thing because we know Jesus said, if you ask, you will receive. And if asking isn't enough, seek and you'll find. And if seeking isn't enough, knock, 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 knock until the door is open because it will open. God does answer prayer. It will open. You remember the dream that God gave our pastor, and if you were not here the Sunday that he shared it about the shift, you need to go online and watch it. But the dream that God gave our pastor concerning our lives and his church, it called us back to that original oath. Do you remember that? That the Lord was saying to him, come back to, to the beginning when I first called you and what was important, why you went in the ministry in the first place and what you did and we I think we celebrate 21 years of being pastors at Calvary this week I believe so it was like the 19th when we came what's the date today is it the 19th okay so it is it's like right here 21 years we've been here but 21 years ago when we came to Calvary it was a mess man this is place was jacked up if you were here you know but we didn't know what to do. We were, we were young and, and we, I mean, we couldn't pay the bills that were due all over the place. I mean, we, we couldn't repair all these buildings. We couldn't bring the people in. I mean, we could not do it and we knew we couldn't do it, but we knew the one who could. Hallelujah. And we began to call on the Lord in desperate, seeking, urgent prayer. And we added to that prayer fasting when times got tough. I mean, we had our staff fasting so much, they were shriveling up. Their parents would come to visit them, and they were like, those people are killing you. I'm taking you out of here. <laughs> They're not feeding you. You're starving. 
But we were just so desperate for God to move and all we knew to do was pray. All we knew to do was call out on God. And listen, church, it's a calling back, really, to the only weapons adequate enough to destroy the fortresses of the devil and build his church. You know, we saw that we were up against some real demonic strongholds when we came here. In fact, we saw camps of the enemy in the spirit across the front of this property. And we knew in the name of Jesus we had to go to war. Hallelujah. And terror those things down but listen the enemy's not given up he has not gotten any quieter he's not started working any less we need to realize it's going to be the weapons the spiritual weapons that are going to see this shift and release this city into revival it's in using these weapons that we will come forth victorious Real often in the church today, we are tempted to meet the challenge of the world by carnal means and by the world's weapons, human wisdom, psychology, exciting attractions and performances and entertainment. And these things are good to share the gospel. Many have used these, though, as a substitute for the basic New Testament practices of intense prayer and uncompromising commitment to the word of God. But I can stand here and declare today, these weapons, such weapons as these will not bring about a Holy Ghost revival because these things, entertainment and psychology and human wisdom, they cannot destroy the stronghold of sin. They cannot deliver anybody out of the clutches of the enemy. They cannot overthrow the enemy's schemes that are running so rampant in the world today. I have never seen a time so desperate people are today I've never seen a time of people killing themselves every time you turn on the news someone has committed suicide people in Hollywood just ending it all husbands and wives desperate ending in divorce families breaking apart people don't know where to turn they don't know what to do we are living in such a day but when a people who will call out on God with intense prayer we can get God on the scene come on somebody we can get God on the scene and see revival break out in this city hallelujah we are dying for revival pray for revival call on God for revival this is an Acts church we shifted everything this year to follow the model of the book of Acts with small groups because we want to operate like they did in the book of Acts. We're not doing life alone. We're gathering together every week. You need to be a part of a small group and don't be an island, but join together and come together with people. You see, the Bible says the early church devoted themselves to prayer, continued steadfastly in prayer, gave themselves to prayer, prayed always in the spirit. They watched unto prayer. And you know what happened? There were wonders. They would walk down the street and somebody get healed from their shadow. Woo, do it again, Lord. Don't you want to just walk down the street, you know, and somebody be standing there? Would that not be the coolest thing? They get in your shadow and all of a sudden they jump up out of a wheelchair or something. Praise God. You know, if he did it then, he can do it today. He can do it today. And this kind of praying is what shifts. It's what tears down strongholds. It's what moves mountains. 
Because when people get unsatisfied to stay where they are and they begin crying out to God, there is no demon, there is no devil that can stop God's hand from moving for them. Woo! That's good news. We never have to stay where we're at. Don't stay where you're at. When you have the weapon of prayer, Hannah was infertile and she prayed desperately for a son and she became pregnant. Hezekiah was told he was deathly ill, but he prayed and God added 15 years to his life. Jairus asked Jesus to heal his daughter and she was raised up. I love this. Moses asked the Lord to see his glory and God tucked him into a cleft on Mount Sinai and allowed him to see his backward parts as he passed by. Woo! Man, I love that. I've been praying, Lord, let me see your glory and let me see it like Moses saw it. It changed him. The Bible said he couldn't even go down. He had to put a veil over his face for people to even be able to look at him because he had got a glimpse of the glory. I'm ready for a facelift. How about you? I'm ready for God to change my appearance so greatly. Woo! Because I've been in the glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we don't have to stay where we're at. We can call on the Lord. We don't have to hope for the shift. We are praying in the shift and we are in it. Don't just hope God will send revival. Step into the shift and declare I am in revival and revival is in me. I am a revival vessel. Hallelujah. He is able to do anything that you can ask. I know that through prayer, when I pray over my family, I release angels. Come on. I tear down strongholds. I bind the power of the enemy off of my family. I set miracles in motion. And you see, as the Israelites joined together, they assembled together to call out on God and cry out on God. And God came. Woo. If we're going to be any kind of church, we're going to be a praying church. Any kind of church is prayer that we're going to lay ourselves to for the purposes and the plans of God. If Jesus had to handle his purpose by prayer, what makes you think that we won't have to pray to see our purpose and the purpose of this house fulfilled? See, God has said, I'm shifting my church. And I've, you know, I thought about that. Well, what does this shift look like? You know, maybe you've been thinking that, well, God, what does this shift look like, Pastor Don? I don't know, but I'm just praying it in. And when God does the miracle, I'm just going to shout hallelujah. When God transforms you, when he changes your situation, I'm just going to shout hallelujah. When I start seeing people get up out of wheelchairs, I'm just going to dance and praise the Lord. I don't know what all he's going to do in this shift, but a shift tells me that there is change. There is something coming, and I'm just going to pray it in until I see it. How about you? Now, we were... Um, in Mexico when Pastor had this dream that he shared and, and at that same night actually that he had that dream I woke up with the dream that I had that really just pushed me even in this same direction because I was in a room and I was on my knees and I was praying I knew I was in a, just a, a prayer room where there was a few other people and all of a sudden there's this woman that I'm a friend with and 
she actually, she's known as like the demon buster. Like she don't put up with the devil, you know? And so she's there and I look up and I see her face that's wet with sweat and she's just sweating. And I know, you know, man, she is pressing through. There is, she is interceding. But then all of a sudden she says, I'm not gonna rebuke any more demons until you take your ground. And I woke up. But let me tell you what, I didn't just wake up in the natural. Something shook me. And all of a sudden I realized I've been letting the enemy be an illegal squatter on some things. (laughs) Come on. There are some things I've been allowing. There's been some things I've just been settling in on or giving into, but it's time to take my ground. And church, it's time to take our ground in this city. This city does not belong to the devil. Your son does not belong to the devil. He belongs to the Lord. Your daughter does not belong to the devil. She belongs to the Lord. You raised her that way. You trained her up in the ways of the Lord. She belongs to him, and it's time that we take our ground. Listen, Mainland High School doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to the Lord. Woo! Sea Breeze doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to the Lord. BCU doesn't belong to the devil. It was founded on Christian principles. Dr. Bronson led that school for many years with Christian foundation. That school belongs to the Lord. We take our ground and rebuke the enemy. Woo! You're illegally squatting in the name of Jesus, go! It's time to take our ground. Come on. In that dream, I realized that I was sitting passive in some areas. And there must be a radical change in the church if there's going to see, if we're going to see a radical change in this city. I'm calling some prayer back. Come on. I'm calling you to pull out that weapon of prayer and begin to pray over your workplace. Pray over that coworker. Pray over that boss. Pray over that school in Jesus' name. We're coming back to that desperate need for God's presence, his anointing and power. And in this scripture here, we see Gideon that in this place where they have begun to cry out on the Lord, there was a sudden shift in Gideon's posture that shifted him in his purpose. Number one, there was a shift in his focus. You see, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree where Gideon was threshing wheat, hiding from the Midianites, and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was hiding in fear of the enemy, just surviving in the land. They had gone back to this same bondage where they had been before, and God comes back to them. Aren't you thankful that God will speak to you where you're at to call you out of where you're at again? Come on, there's some real folks in here again. He delivered me from it and I went back. He set me free from the fear and then I gave into it again. Come on, any real folk in here? Aren't you thankful that God doesn't stop at one chance? He's the God of two chances, three chances, four chances, five chances, however many we need. 
And Gideon listened. He heard the voice of the Lord, and he shifted his focus. See, his focus had been shifted on the voices of the enemy, the threats of the enemy. But then he started listening to the voice of the Lord. That's so important because where you focus is what you follow. See, focus is where you're looking. It's what you see. It's what you believe. And if we focus on the Lord, it's what keeps you steady in this world. It's what guides you. If we will listen to the voice of the Lord, we will not miss the shift. Hallelujah. Many have missed their purpose and calling simply because they were not listening. But Lord, we're listening. Lord, we're hearing. You see, many people will listen to other voices and not the one who truly designed their purpose in the first place and holds their future. But as with Gideon, God will often use times of pressing to awaken desire for his presence and prepare us for his purpose. I believe Pastor and I, were, we were in a place of a little bit of a pressing, a little bit of weariness, a little bit of tiredness. When we went on that vacation, we were in that place of pressing when God began to awaken this in us. And so often, it's not the energetic times. It's not the, the good, joyful places that we're in that God comes to us and speaks to us. But it is in those times of pressing, especially in those times of pain, that he will awaken desire for us to see him again, to long for his presence and prepare us for our purpose. Gideon changed his focus. He began reflecting on what God had done in the past and a desire to see his wonders again. Desperate times often birth desire to see God again. If you're in a desperate place, instead of complaining or crying over it, say, God, you just take this place and show me who you are in this season. I want to see you. I want to know you. Just begin to get hungry for him because I have come to discover God requires desire. It's in that place of desire, that strong, urgent feeling of wanting him that he shows up. He's looking for a people who desire him, who will say, Lord, my soul thirsts for you. I long for you. I can't live without you. Gideon asked, where are the wonders? And I want you to hear this with an open heart. The Lord turned to him and he said, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. God, Gideon was a strong man. The angel was sitting there watching him thresh that wheat. He had strength, but he said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in my tribe, and I am the youngest in my family. But he did not even acknowledge the weakness or the lack. He said, I will be with you. In other words, give no thought to those things, but keep your focus on me. You know what happened in that rain that day that I was coming down off of that bridge? When that rain came, my focus shifted to the rain and I lost every sight, every thought of the limiting label I had put on myself that I can't, that I just can't do it. 
I lost all sight of those limiting labels and, and my focus was on the rain and I did what I did not even know I had within me. And the Lord was saying to Gideon, go. Go, he did not even acknowledge any weakness. It's time for the church to quit comparing. Quit looking at what we don't have. Listen to me. God is not, he doesn't want what you're going to be. He is not even looking for what you are becoming to use. He wants to use who you are right now. He wants to take what you have, what he has put within you. Hallelujah. We have to shift our focus and lose sight of every label, every label, and set our eyes on him. You better go, you better go, you better go. Hallelujah. So prayer brought a shift in his focus, which brought a shift in his faith, because faith comes by hearing. He began to hear, hear the word of the Lord that said go, and he began to get faith. You see, there is nothing the enemy wants to take from you more than your faith. Because fear will keep you in hiding. It will keep you in bondage. It will keep you in lack. But when you change your focus to the Father and your fear to faith, get ready for a shift. The Lord said, go in this thy might, and I will be with you. He will be with you to make up for what you don't have. Come on. Let go of not being good enough. Let go of not being qualified enough. Let go of not being eloquent enough. Well, I can't sing like her. I can't, I can't talk like him. I, I'm just not as good as them. I just can't do it. No, I, that's just not me. I'm just not able. No, God is saying, I have designed you. I have given you gifts, and I have given you talents, and I have put something within you. Go in what you have right now. Hallelujah. He's not looking for perfection. It's not your ability, it's just your availability. It's not your talent, it's his touch on your talent that's going to make the difference. Watch this, it's not our opportunity, it's his opportunity. So who cares what anybody says? It's not about me, it's all about him. It's not my climbing up the next level of, or whatever. It's not my opportunity. It is his opportunity to be seen in me. Hallelujah. God just wants to use you. He just wants to take your life and use you. And he said, go in what you have and I will be with you. The Bible says that Gideon stepped out. He stepped out in faith. The first thing that the angel told him to do, the Lord told him to do, said, go tear down the altars of Baal. Gideon did it at night when nobody could see him, but he did it. <laughs> no matter how you obey the Lord, just obey the Lord, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna do it when nobody's looking, they can't see me. So he went and he did that. And the Bible said in verse 34, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet and a beezer was gathered after him. You know what that tells me? That tells me when you take that step of faith, when you take that release, when you release that faith, he releases the power. When he stepped out in faith, 
the Spirit of the Lord came on him, the Bible said, and all the people came after him. In other words, all the armies of men, all that he would need, all the strength that he needed to accomplish what God was calling him to accomplish, that he didn't know how he could because he was only one man. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and God brought to him everything he needed. Listen, Mom, God will never call you to do a thing and not equip you to do it. He will not call you to do something and not give you the power to do it to give you the people to do it, the strength to do it, whatever you need. But our job is just to release faith. Our job is just to say, Lord, I trust you and I'm moving at your word. We release the faith, he releases the power. But watch this, God doesn't empower fear. He empowers faith. One act of faith and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was shifted suddenly. I believe there's some suddenly shifts getting ready to take place in your life. I believe God is getting ready to suddenly shift some things that you've been praying for because you're stepping out in faith. You see, one minute he was hiding in a cave in the darkness and suddenly, one minute he was afraid, he was giving in to the enemy, beat up from the feet up, tore up from the floor up. Come on, you know it. Messed up from the chest up. And suddenly, suddenly there was a shift. Suddenly there was a shift for a suddenly move of God. Suddenly there was a shift for the destruction of the enemy. Hallelujah, for a breaking of the attacks of the enemy. It, it was a sudden shift. And in the year 2018, God has shifted us suddenly. One night, one dream, one word. It's time for revival. It's time to change our focus. It's time to see his wonders again. We are living in the days of outpouring. We are living in the days of rain. You better go. You better go. You better go. Hallelujah. The enemy is working overtime. It's time for the church to realize, discern the times that we are in and realize the rain is falling upon us. We are revival. Come on. We have the hope for a lost generation. We have the answers for those that are seeking. Woo. Glory to God. The power of the Holy Spirit upon you will enable you. Stephen, the Bible said, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people were added unto the Lord. Paul told Timothy that good thing, that faith which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Woo. You see, when the Holy Ghost lives in you, you've got power. Do you know that the same power that actually raised Jesus up from the dead, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you operate in that same kind of power. He said, go and lay hands on the sick. Woo. Deliver them, set them free by the power of God. See, we, we need to, Paul was such a man of faith. And he actually told them, he said, I thank God that I pray in the Holy Spirit more than you all. 
Man, that, that, that was powerful to me because he told Timothy, you keep the faith by the Holy Ghost. And Paul, Paul, no wonder he was such a man of faith. He said, I pray in the Holy Spirit more than all y'all. We need to start copying Paul. Come on. When you wake up in the morning, pray in the Holy Spirit. You can go and drive into work, pray in the Holy Spirit. Driving to school, pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep your faith up. Go to bed at night, lay down, pray in the Holy Spirit. No joke. Last night we were laying in the bed and all of a sudden I woke up because my husband was praying in the Holy Ghost. But he was like praying like if I wouldn't have been laying down, I'd probably fell out. Come on. <laughs> he was praying in the Holy Ghost like, whoa, God, what are you doing right now? But listen, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when he lives in you, you can't stop praying because he's a praying spirit. <laughs> we pray at all times. You see, the enemy wants to make you doubt. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep the faith up. He wants you to doubt when circumstances come. Pray in the Holy Spirit. We've got the antidote, and it's the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He guides us. He defends the truth. He reveals Jesus. He reminds you God is for you. Don't you worry about what tries to come against you. Don't be afraid. The one who is with you will fight for you. Run it out. Come on. Run it out. Live for the rain. Live for something greater than this world's focus. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the fear. Come out of the hiding. God wants to use you. He's not looking for perfection you. He's just looking for somebody to say, I'm available, and I've got faith in you, Lord God, that if you are telling me to do it, I'm just going to step out there and do it. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like, but I'm just going to let you use me however you want to use me. You release the faith. He releases the power. You are a revival vessel. And God wants to display his wonders through you. If you want God to display his wonders through you, stand up all over this place today. Come on, the rain is here. The rain is here. The rain is here. The Lord is shifting his church and he is saying, you better go. You better go. You better go. It's the last days. I am coming soon. I am coming very quickly. There is a city to reach. There is a world to win. We better go. We better go. We better go. Does anybody in here want to shift your focus? Woo! Does anybody here want to be a revival vessel? Come on. Does anybody want God to shift you and use you? Hallelujah. Raise up those hands right now and say, God, shift me. Shift my focus. Shift my heart. Shift my life. Make me what you want me to be. Give me a burden for the lost. Let me see those who are dying. Let me see those who are desperate. Don't let me be close to their cry or to their calling out. Don't let me miss it. I am a revival vessel. I am a revival vessel. I am in revival and revival is in me, God. Use me. Use me. Use me. Oh, remember when we were at school and you'd say, pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. I want to. I want to. I want to. Somebody needs to say, Lord, pick me. I'm next, Lord. I'm next. I'm next. God 
God is wanting to display his wonders. You better go, you better go, you better go. There's hurting people all around you. You better go, you better go, you better go. That friend, that friend may be ready to give up. You better go, you better go, you better go, you better go. There are people who need Jesus. You better go, you better go, you better go. In the dream that Pastor had, the building was crumbling. You remember that? The building was crumbling and the people began to run out. They began to run out. And the Lord had spoken to him and said, the church is not a building. It's not a building. In this shift, it's going out of these four walls. It's in you. The church is you. The church is me. The wonders are in your go. I'm saying step out. Step out. Come out of fear. Somebody's coming out of a cave this morning. Somebody's been crouching in fear. Somebody has been hiding in dark places. But in Jesus' name, come out. Come out. God wants to use you. You are a person of purpose and destiny and anointing. Hallelujah. And God wants to use you to release revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give us a burden for the lost. Man, this has been my prayer as I know this is so much part of the shift. Lord, where I don't have a burden for the lost, give me a burden for the lost. Lord, where I can walk past people and not say anything about you, God, change that in me. Lord, when I see people that are hurting, but yet I don't share the answer, God, change that in me. Lord, shift me. Shift me. Shift me. There are people just dying outside of these four walls and on their way to hell. A very real hell. God, give us a burden. A burden to reach them. In Jesus' name. You might be here this morning with every head bowed and eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Don, I came in this place, but I need Jesus. I'm kind of in that place. The enemy has robbed me and I feel like I'm in that place of a desperate need for a savior, a saving. I need rescuing myself. I need this Jesus that can change my life and change my situation. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice and and that's you, will you slip your hand up? I'd love to pray with you today because today is a day of shift for your life. Amen. I see hands lifted across this place. If you got your hand lifted right now, I want to invite you to come down. Come down here with me just for a moment and let me pray with you this morning because this is a day of change. Do we believe in church? Does Jesus change things? He turns it all around. So if that's you and you say, Pastor Don, I need Jesus. Those with your hands raised, join me down here. I want to take a moment and just pray for you. Will you come? Yes, come on. Let's clap while they come. Come on. Because clap like you know this is the best day of their life. 
Clap it like you know what Jesus has done for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Anybody else before we pray? Glory to God. This is your best day. You're not here by accident. It's a shift. It's a setup. It's a shift. Amen. Will you put your hand on your heart? I want to lead you in a prayer today. Simply this. To ask Jesus to be the Lord of it all. Give it all over to Him. That's what you need to do. Give it all over to Him. And He can take it. Say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I confess all my sins. I repent of them. I ask for your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me. Now, God, I bring you my heart, my life, and I invite Jesus to be the Lord of it all. Shift me. Thank you for this day of change. I'm shifting in every way in my life. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm coming out. I'm going to serve you with all that I have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we have a, a gift for you. I follow... Yes, Teresa's waving to you right there. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, church, we love you so much. Shift. Shift. Hear what the Lord is saying and shift. You better go. You better go. You better go. Come on. I want you to hear that all week on your way to work, on your way to school. You better go. You better go. You better tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. God is doing it. Thank you all for coming today. Pastor will be back next Sunday, and we're doing this amazing illustrated sermon. So get the cards on your way out that you can pass out and bring somebody with you. We love you. Have a great week. Safe week. Amen.